Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. I know it's been over. I think it's been over two months. I do apologize for the unplanned hiatus, shall we say. I might eventually do a, uh, a Sunday special explaining all the crap that happened from, well, really since June. But in the meantime, because this is a new car special, we are going to be talking about a new car that is very special indeed. I am, of course, talking about the 1,385 horsepower Koenigsegg CC850. As it has a few, as it has a manual transmission from the future, the so-called engaged shift transmission or engaged shift uh, system has a clutch pedal and shifter, but it's really sending digital commands to the nine-speed seven-clutch automatic box. What the hell? Seven clutch? Okay, that's just got. I mean, this car was already interesting, but now this is a lot more interesting. How quickly has the performance world turned in twenty years? When Christian von Koenigsegg, or Koenigsegg, whatever, built his first Swedish missile in 2002, the Koenigsegg CC-8S set a Guinness record for the most powerful production engine with a then-stunning 655 horsepower. To celebrate 20 years of crafting some of history's fastest showroom cars and his 50th birthday in July, Koenigsegg chose Pebble Beach to unwrap a roughly $3 million callback. The CC850, as it generates 1,385 ethanol-aided horsepower for a twin-turbo 5-liter V8, more than double the force of his first-born hypercar. The company's CEO and founder recalls a UK magazine review of that CC8S. It said, this is crazy, 655 horsepower is way too much, and today we have E-Class AMGs or BMW 5 Series with that kind of power, Von Koenigsegg said in a video interview this week. But that CC8S put us on the map and was the foundation of what we're doing today. The CC850, he said, is a homage to what is the single most meaningful car in Koenigsegg history. Those analog foundations included a, a gated, six-speed manual transmission whose snick-snick pleasures I experienced in the only Koenigsegg I've ever driven, a merely 1.05 million, 245-mile-per-hour CCX, Borrowed from a Long Island dealer in 2008. With the wide-eyed dealer riding shotgun, I redlined third gear on Route 9W overlooking the Hudson River at 128 miles per hour. The new CC850 looks to deliver those throwback thrills with a technical twist never before seen on a production car. This complex crazy transmission is designed to look and feel like a, tra like a traditional six-speed manual. There's a bona fide clutch pedal and a spectacular-looking gated shifter. Slender rod, exposed mechanicals, barrel-shaped knob that's topped with a Swedish flag, as on the CC8S. But that mechanical interface masks the wizard behind the curtain, the company's light-speed transmission, an engineering marvel with nine speeds, seven clutches, seven, and shifts in as little as two milliseconds. What the company calls the Engage Shift system can be driven as an adaptive clutched manual with six forward gears. Okay, let me reread that because that's hard to wrap my mind around. The Engage Shift system can be driven as an adaptive, clutched manual with six forward gears and two sets of driver-selectable gear ratios for road or track, 
or switch to seamless 9-speed automatic operation and either chill out or hang on tight. The company says it's the world's first manual that can adapt gear ratios for various driving situations. The clutch pedal integrates hydraulic force feedback for natural feel, but shifts entirely by wire. Ditto the mechanical shift linkage inspired by Swiss chronographs, whose commands are translated through the automatic gearbox or through the auto gearbox. Great care has been taken to make the ESS one of the most engaging manuals ever created, the company vows in a press release. So it's basically between this or Gordon, Gordon Murray's new car, the T50. I would love to see a comparison between the two, but I don't think it'll happen. But even still, I'll have to watch a video on this gearbox just to get a better idea of how it actually works, because it's still a little over my head at the moment. You can operate it just like a normal clutch. There's no difference, Von Koenigsegg says, including clumsy operation, as Monaco valets are forewarned. If you jump off the clutch, the car even lurches and stalls. Once shifts are mastered, the CC850 will lurch will lurch toward infinity with 1,020 pound-feet of torque, even if premium unleaded dings horsepower by 200 to 1,185 horses. Corn-fed with E85, the streamlined car matches the Koenigsegg 1 to 1's claim, claim to fame from 2014 with a power-to-weight ratio of 1,385 horses to 1,385 kilos, or 3,047 pounds. Slender form is aided by a stiff carbon fiber monocoque with aluminum honeycomb, a safety passenger cell, and a body in carbon fiber with Kevlar. Ceramic brakes make room for 16.1 inch rotors up front. To put that into perspective, the Gen 5 Viper ACR has, if I remember correctly, 15.7 inch carbon ceramic rotors up front. Jeez! On staggered wheels, 20 inches, 20 inches up front, 21 inches in the rear, shod with Michelin Pilot Sport 4S rubber. As with the 1600 horsepower Yesco, the in-house engineering motor has no energy-sapping flywheel, making it likely the world's fastest revving engine to its 8,500 RPM peak. The crankshaft, the crankshaft plane is flat, the intake manifold is carbon fiber, and the exhaust manifold is, is a TIG-welded, 3D-printed hunk of pricey Inconel. The synaptic reaction of the engine and the oral sensations are truly otherworldly and incomparable, the press release says. Owners can feel free to use that explanation when a cop clocks them at over 200 miles per hour, and well over at that, with this being a Koenigsegg. The prototype shown at The Quail, a motorsports gathering at Pebble Beach, perhaps the weekend's peak tableau of exclusivity, helicopter arrivals, icy oysters, and Botox frozen features, is the only one in existence, and it's fully drivable. Von Koenigsegg says he's driven it on the test track and in the company's hangar. The performance is staggering, he says, and you have to keep in mind, this is coming from the guy that owns the company. Coming from the guy that that owns the company that made the Regera, the one-to-one, the Agera RS, the Agera one-to-one, right? And he has to have driven any one of those. From him, for, so for him to say that the performance is staggering of this decidedly more analog affair is really quite something special. Where the Yesco attack hunts the fastest lap times via maximum downforce and ducting, and the, and the Yesco Absolute flirts with a theoretical top speed of 330 miles per hour, the CCA50 is meant as the driver's car. Less about ultimate performance, more about ultimate joy in driving. Design priorities include turn-in, handling, and braking. An active top-mounted deployable wing still generates a hefty 455 pounds of downforce. It's somewhere in the middle, not as fast on track as the attack and a lower top speed than the Absolute, he says. It's all a celebration of analog, but with extreme performance on top. That said, the new model may have one record safely in the bag. 
It must be the fastest manual car around a racetrack I can think of, Von Koenigsegg says. That is, assuming you can accept it as a manual. Twin ceramic ball bearing turbos reduce volume versus the Yesco to eliminate all trace of lag. You might have one hand on the shifter and one hand on the steering wheel when at full throttle, so you don't want any, any add-on surprises, Von Koenigsegg says. With the 3 million check cleared, drivers settle into the fantastical interior to fondle a classic round steering wheel and admire a chronograph-style gauge cluster with multiple analog needles. Thank you! The Tac and Speedo might need a special warranty considering the workouts they'll endure. Yeah. A symmetrical interior layout makes it easy to adapt right or left hand drive markets. This follows to the Regera, Gemera, Gamera perhaps, and Yesco further harkens to early models with Nordic brand cues including its triple taillights and telephone dial center locking aluminum wheels. The new car carries forward familiar brand features such as its visor-like windshield, easy act, easy access to hedral synchro helix doors, and removable hardtop. The hydraulic auto skin function lets the CC850 perform a seven-figure strip tease, opening all its doors and compartments at the touch of a button. Von Koenigsegg adds that creating a manual supercar in 2022 is a huge challenge, not least for emissions compliance, but also to give owners the performance and features they expect at these prices. As the cherry atop this wondrous confection, Koenigsegg jokes that it has the stuff you'd expect on a cheap car, such as Apple CarPlay, inductive phone charging, a bird's eye camera view, and reverse parking sensors. With its recently expanded, expanded facilities, a, comp a company that built three or four cars in its inaugural year now has the capacity to build one per week. CCA 50 production should begin next summer, limited to 50 units, a nod to Christian's recent birthday, to be built over 2.5 to 3 years. With, collect with collectors swarming Pebble Beach's lawns and elbowing each other at seven-figure auctions, what makes a Koenigsegg stand out? Exclusivity, sure, with the company building just over 250 cars during the past two decades, but there's more to it, the founder says. They're special for many reasons. The technology we put inside, that they're completely hand-built in every regard, and that we fill them with more homegrown solutions and technology than any low-volume car I can think of. With all the hard stats out of the way, let's talk about the looks. And obviously with a car that's, with a Koenigsegg that's called the CC, whether it be CC850, CCX, CC8S, so on and so forth, it has, with it being essentially a throwback model, it has to look like the model that spawned this one's inspiration. And honestly, it does look like the CC8 or the CCX, CC8S, just modernized. And that's a very good thing. That's a really, really good thing. You know, with, with Koenigsegg styling, sometimes... I don't hate any of them. In fact, I like all of them. But I do have some favorites, the Agera being a favorite for me. And with the CC8, and to some extent the CCX, the, at least in photos, the proportions were a little weird for me, mostly in the midsection where the cab is. And, and primarily it was just the roofline. The roofline to me was always slightly strange from a proportion standpoint, from a, yeah, for lack of a better word, from a proportion standpoint. But with this new CCA50, I think they did a better job balancing it out. The car's a little bit more balanced, especially from the silhouette. The face, I love the face. I really do. I like the hell. I do kind of miss, I wish they went more for a CC8S headlight shape rather than a CCX headlight shape, but it is what it is. It's kind of, it's in some ways a bit of a mix between the two, the CCX and the CC8S. So I like that quite a lot. The one thing I, I'm, not that I don't like it, but I, I'm missing it a lot, is that vent that was in that was on the lower front bumper. 
just ahead of the front wheel. That's absent here on the CC850, and I kind of wish it was there because it added it added some aggression, but you know maybe for aero purposes they didn't add it. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe the, I mean obviously this car is going to be more aerodynamic, but perhaps having that vent there was less aerodynamic than not having it there like we see here. So I still would have preferred it there just from a look standpoint. Again, it would add a little bit of aggression, but. Yeah, I'm going to give the face a, let me, can I find it again? I, oh, there we go. I'm not using car scoops this time around, unfortunately, because they don't have a lot of photos. I'm on uh, Motor One. Also a good website. I checked that out. I checked that website out for news. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the face an 8 out of, you know, 8 point, 8 points, God, 9 out of 10. Really, 9 out of 10. I really like it. This might be my second favorite, second favorite Koenigsegg face I've seen so far, right behind the Agera from 2011. If we go to the side, I'm going to give it a, ooh, 8.8 out of 10, I think. The driver's window is a little bit small to me. It's a, almost, a, it's just a little strange, but other, and with the window wrap around, it kind of gives, that kind of looks a little weird from the side. But otherwise, it looks like a Koenig's like You will not mistake this thing for anything else. You have the massive side vent that cuts into the door there. Again, very CCX, CC8S. The difference, though, is that with the C, I saw a photo of the two side by side on Instagram a while ago. The difference between the CC8 and the CCX with the lower vent is that on the, I think it was the CCX, the bottom of the curve that's um, by like the rocker panel is a little bit more, it's a little bit more squared off. Like it's pulled back a little bit more. It's a little more aggressive. It cuts into the fender more. On the CC850 here, it's a little bit more rounded. It's, it's, it's a more gentle. It's a more gentle shape. Again, perhaps for aerodynamics. I would have preferred a slightly more aggressive shape, given that this is a coin take and a hypercar, but whatever. I like it. I still like it a lot either way. If we go to the rear, you have the what well, what were they saying? The tri taillights there, except they're LEDs and they're kind of square. They're um what's it? The the rhomboid square where it's the rounded square. So it's a square, but with round edges. That's what the taillights look. They look almost exactly like that, and they're three abreast on both sides. Which is really cool. Again, a throwback to the CC8, and I believe the CC8S, and I believe the CCX as well. You can see, unlike speaking of the rear, unlike the CCX, the Top Gear drove a while ago with a Top Gear wing. This one has a flush mounted until you obviously get up to a certain speed wing. Like think McLaren, uh, think McLaren P1, but way smaller, and that's basically the wing that the CC850 has. So again, not like that stand up, and I say wing. Not like that stand-up spoiler, the Top Gear spoiler, um, or I guess Top Gear wing they called it, but it's kind of in between both. Either way, it doesn't look like the CCX Top Gear wing. It's like a P1. Not a bad thing, actually. I like it. And it's and the good news with it being a, with it being an active wing as such is that on straights it can go down for higher top speed, and then for corners and braking it can move back up for better stability and more downforce. So it's better that. To that extent, it is better than just having a perpetual wing there. So let me just keep going around the car, on the exterior anyway. Uh, ooh, hold up. God, yeah, that looks good. The rear end looks really, really good. It's actually, it's surprisingly tame, all things considered. There's not a lot of character lines. I can't really see the exhaust. Oh, oh, there it is, there it is. Yeah, it's a very simple, smooth design. Very, it's, it's the exact opposite of the C8 Corvette. Think of it that way, where there's a lot of character lines, there's a lot going on, vents off the wazoo. This is considerably more tame 
when it comes to creases, character lines, and cuts, and all, all of those things. It's a much cleaner design. We go, okay, yep, IRL. God, that, that's so good. It's so cool looking. It almost reminds me, it, it almost makes me think of like a 918 spider at the rear. It's just, especially in the silver that I'm looking at here, just with its smoothness. Yeah, I would give the design of this car a 9.6 out of 10 overall on the exterior, just because I'd like it to be a little more aggressive here or there and a little less tame, but it's a CC8 modernized. You know those Singer 911s? This is like that, but in-house and all new rather than taking an old 911 and modernizing it. It's just, it's just brilliant. It really is amazing, especially when you, when you consider the drivetrain. Exterior aside, though, I mean, that's probably the highest mark I've ever given a car, actually, 9.6. Anyway, let's go to the interior. This is a surprise. This is a surprisingly different Koenigsegg interior. Now, it's been a while since I've seen some modern Koenigsegg interiors, but the, the whole gauge pack looks to be different from modern Koenigsegg affairs, which I think are massive TFT screens, like ma massive digital instrument clusters. These aren't. These are analog gauges, as you heard. And they're in a they're in a circular gauge surround rather than the square gauge surround that we've seen on things I believe like the Agera, the Regera, and other Cohen's eggs of that type. This is more it's almost more Pagani in its presentation. Think of it that way. It's Pagani with Cohen's egg design. If that makes any sense whatsoever, it's like that. And honestly, I really like it. I really really like it. I kind of wish the gauge the whole gauge cluster pack was integrated into the dash. What It looks like it's kind of standing free from it. And I, I, I don't really like that because it kind of looks like a motorbike in that sense. And it's it's not cheap. I just think it breaks up the flow of the dashboard with it not being integrated into the dashboard. I would have preferred it it be set into the dashboard like you know most other cars that have analog gauges or even some digital gauges too. Yeah, honestly, this may just be the best Koenigsegg for me personally because it's such an it's such a throwback analog experience. And you take their first model, it might not be their best model, but definitely the favorite of a lot of people, I think, between that and the Agera and now the Yesco. It's it makes me wish Koenigsegg was do had been doing this years ago. That's that's what I really wish. I don't think they need to make a go faster version, but if they make a package that maybe has a more aggressive rear wing and maybe a more aggressive splitter. Just some some more aggression into the body. I would it'd be the perfect car. I'd be 10 out of 10 straight up. Like what we need is a CC850X. That's what I want. That's the kind of car that I want. Yeah, this thing is absolutely gorgeous and a technological marvel. And and the best part is that it's a technological marvel in the old school sense. It's it's old school and new school, though, considering the transmission and even the engine. But it's all about that driving experience. And for me, and that for that reason alone, I, I think this is the best Koenigsegg currently on sale. Especially with the gated manual with 1,300 and, with 1,385 horsepower. Hell, even 1,180. Yeah, I think it was 1,185. Right? Even then... That much horsepower in a gated manual. Thank you, Christian von Koenigsegg. You know what the hell is up. Now I just, I wish Stellantis had the money to do this, but Gen 5 Vipers, or hell, even just a Gen 6. Please, for the love of God, do that and don't make it an EV. 
And as hard as hell as it would be, please bring back the V10 if you can. Please. Please, Dodge. Ralph, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, this, this thing is going to be a classic for an extremely long time because it melds all the best all the best bits of Cullings Egg of the last 20 years. It it genuinely does in the fullest sense of that of that statement. So the fullest extent of that statement. This is I think a friend of mine Damon was saying that either it's his favorite car of like I think he was saying this is likely going to be his best car of the decade. And I think I think I agree with him. This or the Gordon Murray T50 are very, are very close in the running for the best car of the tw- of the 2020s, for sure. What do you all think though of the new Cohen's Egg CC850? Though, do you like it? Do you hate it? Are you somewhere in between? Let me know in the comments below. In any case, so I hope you all enjoyed. If you did, please make sure to like the episode, share the like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Please make sure you hit the little notification bell and then all notifications that way you're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, hey, not a problem. Boot up wherever you get your podcast, type in Cody's Car Conundrum, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. While we take this short and elevator musicless break, sorry, I would like to inform you all that there is more CCC content for you to enjoy. For articles, videos, polls, quizzes, posts about the podcast, and even a little bit more, please head on over to my all-new Cody's Car Conundrum website. With a whole new design and all my content in one place, the new Cody's Car Conundrum website is the home of everything I do with CCC. Just go to codyscarconundrum.com to devour even more car-based content. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.